Welcome to Putting the Real in Real Estate, the podcast about all things real estate, all things local, and all things life, where we hope to inform, entertain, and inspire. Hello and welcome to episode two of Putting the Real in Real Estate. I'm your host, Glenn Hawkersmith, and as always, I want to thank you for joining us today and spending some of your precious time with us here today on the show. Today's guest, John Edwards Worley with TGAP Property Services, will be joining us here in just a few minutes to continue our discussion on career transitions. But first, I want to speak to you about some of the reasons to go ahead and list your home now rather than waiting until spring. I know there are many people out there right now who are considering listing their homes, but they're a little apprehensive about doing it now and they want to wait until spring. And we all know that spring and summer are the hottest seasons for home sales historically, and that's when the greatest number of of home buyers are out looking. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it is a better time of year to list now than it is in the spring and summer because in general that would not be a true statement and we are all about keeping it real here hence the name of the show but for those of you who need to sell sooner rather than later or have other motivations in addition to selling for top dollar which usually is always the top motivator there are plenty of reasons to go ahead and get that house on the market now and here are a few number one competition There are simply fewer homes on the market right now. Therefore, you have significantly less competition. You know, we're already experiencing extremely low inventory and even more so now that we are well into the winter months. And I experienced this yesterday firsthand. I had a client in from out of town and she's here for three days and needs to find something quickly. And we just could not find enough homes to show her that met her criteria. So we both ended up a little bit frustrated yesterday. So just know that if you do decide to go ahead and list your home now, you may be the only home in the neighborhood for sale, and there could be a very serious buyer waiting to jump on that opportunity to buy your home. So, you know, it's it's supply and demand, baby. It rules the market. Number two, while it is true that there are not as many buyers out looking this time of year, the buyers that are out looking, like my client yesterday, you know, they're out in the cold and the dark and the snow and the rain. They are serious buyers. They aren't tire kickers. They're not out checking out the newest trends or just uh, killing time on a Sunday. They're out because they likely have their current home under contract and need to find a, a new home quickly. Or maybe they're relocating from out of town or are renters and they have an expiring lease and they need to do something quickly. And that is also a good thing because that means no contingencies. And we all like no contingencies. Number three, seasonal staging. It may be easier for a potential buyer to view your house as a home when it's tastefully decorated for the holidays. You know, if they can see how perfectly their Christmas tree will look from the street in that beautiful front window of yours or how classy the neighborhood looks with a blanket of snow, that's something that might seal the deal for them. But I have to also point out that This can work both ways. A buyer may find your decorations tacky or overwhelming, or maybe they don't celebrate the same holidays as you, and there's a danger that you could offend them. So you have to kind of be careful with this one. All right, number four and final, 
This is uh, a big one. It's faster closing times. This is the slowest time of year in real estate. So naturally, home inspectors, photographers, and contractors may be easier to schedule. Lenders and title companies should have quicker turn times because they are slower at this time of year. And also, you know, realtors are kind of like starving artists in the wintertime. They may be a little more eager to get out there and show your home. So take advantage of that as well. So whether you are a homeowner on the fence about when to list your home, or maybe you're a realtor looking for ways to overcome legitimate concerns you hear from clients about selling in the winter, I hope this was helpful and informative to you. And as always, feel free to reach out to me with any questions. I am here to serve you. You can reach out at glennhockersmith at schulerbauer.com. That's Glenn with two N's. Or check me out on Facebook, Glenn Hockersmith Realtor. Now, speaking of winter and cold weather, here's a quick little tip for you. It's actually a reminder to get out and disconnect your hoses from your exterior hose bibs if you haven't already done so. You also may consider purchasing and installing those little styrofoam insulated covers to go over your hose bibs. And if you have separate shutoff valves for those, go ahead and shut those off, cut the water off to them. And all of this will help prevent your pipes from freezing and bursting because we do not want that. It could save you thousands of dollars and tons of headache. All right, so that is our helpful tip for the day. And I have talked enough, so let's get back to our conversation about career transitions here on episode two of Putting the Real in Real Estate. All right, my next guest originally hails from Boyle County, Kentucky, where he attended Boyle County High School before graduating from Durham's Academy in 2001. His corporate journey began in 2004 when he became an artist with L'Oreal Professional Products Division. In 2012, he accepted a position with the J.C. Penney Company to work in creative design and education. There, he was key in helping to develop a partnership between J.C. Penney and InStyle Magazine that gave birth to Salon by InStyle. His journey brought him back to L'Oreal in 2015 when he was recruited to become their director of education. During his 15 years with L'Oreal and J.C. Penney, he traveled the country extensively while teaching other stylists to improve their skills make money, and run a healthy business. A few short months ago, after many years of sacrificing his home life for his career, he made a drastic decision to step off the corporate ladder and became the director of marketing and development for a local general contractor, TGAP Property Services. John Edwards Worley, welcome to the show. Hey, Glenn. Thanks so much for having me. You know, this is one of those things that I've always wanted to do. Um, so I'm really excited to be a part of your podcast and hopefully share some great information for your listeners. Well, great. I appreciate it and certainly appreciate you spending time with us today. I know time is precious, as I, as I always say. So I really appreciate that. And we're just going to kind of jump right into it here. You know, you've got a pretty impressive resume. I've known you for a little while and there are some things that I found out about you that I didn't know before. You know, in your time with L'Oreal and JCPenney, you were able to do some pretty cool things like work the red carpet at the Oscars. You worked on Say Yes to the Dress Prom Edition on TLC. You worked some huge influencer events in Los Angeles and New York City, shot national ad campaigns and spoke in front of thousands of people in your role with uh, L'Oreal. So how in the world did you go from small town Kentucky hairstylist 
to all of that? It's, it's, it's kind of an interesting journey because honestly, you know, I live by the philosophy of you never say no, you always say yes. And so when my journey began in the professional hair industry and really getting into the artistry piece, I think for me, it was, it was just, it was kind of a natural journey because I always had bigger dreams than myself. And I'm one of those people that my dreams constantly are the focus in my mind. And so it was always a dream. So I just started making it happen. I just met the right people, consistently said yes, and consistently moved in a direction that I felt was right. So I know you also mentioned that in addition to your artistry, you really kind of fell in love with figuring out how to turn that into a business and how to, how to turn that into making money. So is that kind of what led you into your career with L'Oreal and, and it, just kind of tell me a little bit about that, how you, how you made those connections. And I assume the Durham's Academy that you talked about, was that, did they train you in, in business or, or, or is that something you just kind of picked up on your own? It's actually really interesting, but in most all hair schools that you go to, and, and when I say hair, I mean cosmetology programs, they don't teach a lot of business. It's mainly the skill set. And, you know, once you get out of school and you gain your license and you start working, that's when you start like putting those pieces of the puzzle together. I was fortunate in my the beginnings of my career, the salon that I worked in, our owner was extremely business focused. So she taught me how to be an entrepreneur and what to do in order to make money and ensure that I was consistently making money. And that's what led me into wanting to do bigger and, and really to try to push myself into a different direction. Because honestly, for me, it was truly about the entrepreneurship, the business, the, the networking, the connecting with people that consistently kept putting me in those positions to get that next role or to move into that next piece in my puzzle because I never said no, I always said yes. So I was constantly trying to push myself in the right direction. That's uh, that's pretty valuable too, because, and this kind of translates over into the real estate business as well. You can be a really great networker, you can be a great salesperson, but if you don't have business sense, you're, you're kind of gonna get yourself in trouble because that's really what it is. It's you're running a business and you've got to be able to take care of that side of things as well. And it's in, you know, business is common sense, truly. I mean, I, you know, there, there are tons of people that I've met throughout my life. Some of them have went to the most prestigious business schools in the, in the world. And if you don't have that, that common sense piece about business and really have those base level skill sets that are so important, then it's not going to work. I think that the education sets you up to have the right path in your mind, but I think it's all in how you adapt that common sense piece to it that really connects you into what you do. You know, that, that, what you said there is so true. I've, I've always said most of the people who I know who are the most successful, who, and not that money's everything, but make the most money, a lot of them do not have college education. Some people just have a knack for making money. And I've always joked that I don't necessarily have that knack. <laughs> Some people, and it doesn't matter what their what their vocation is. They just they know how to make money. And I think it's I, I think when you have that knack, I think it's more of 
I, I, and that's my favorite part about being in, in the United States is we have the freedom to do whatever we want to do. And if you can think it, if you can dream it, then you can do it. And I think that that's, I think for me, that's one of the coolest pieces is watching someone take something that maybe traditionally they didn't think would make money and then expanding it into this, you know, this business and just watching it flourish. And that's, you know, to me, you don't have to have a, a college education for that. I think it's just a matter of you have to have that internal drive to get up every day, work super hard and make it happen. Sure. And become good at something. Actually, more than good, become great at something. Right. And no matter what that thing is, if you can become great at it, if you can become an expert at it, the potential's unlimited. Absolutely. And as and you'll hear me say this multiple times throughout this interview, always say yes, because it's super important to make sure that you're always getting those opportunities of where you want to be. And you can't get there if you're saying no. So let me ask you this. Has that philosophy always saying yes? Has it ever got you into, you know, a situation that wasn't so great that you kind of regretted? Yes, there have been many instances where I've said yes. And then as I get started into it, being like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have said yes to this one, but we'll complete it and get it finished. So, yeah, I mean, there is that um, because it, but the other thing of it, too, is you always learn something. You always gain something. So it really, you know, saying yes helps you in a number of different ways, even though it may not be the right opportunity. It still gives you a different experience. It still gets you in front of a different group of people and so on and so forth. That's a really good point because you learn from everything that happens to you in life. So when I look back on my life and even the bad things that have happened, I don't think I would ever go back and change anything because you always learn something valuable from those things if, if, you, if you take the right attitude into it. Um, so I think that's, that's pretty insightful um, for you to say in your philosophy of always saying yes. You may regret it sometimes, but you're going to learn something from it and move on and kind of carry that forward into the next thing that you do. So I want to, you know, we, we talked about your career with L'Oreal and JCPenney. You were traveling quite a bit. You were, I, I know you personally, I'm friends with you and, and Kyle, your husband. And I know that, that you were gone for long periods of time. And I know that was pretty hard on you. Was that the main reason, the main motivator in your decision to, to resign your position there at L'Oreal and, and get into something different? It was, you know, when you work in, in a role like what I did at L'Oreal, L'Oreal is one of the largest, you know, beauty companies in the world. It, it's travel is a huge piece of that. And I enjoyed my time at L'Oreal so much. I learned so much, gained some of the best friends I'll ever have in my life. The problem is, is, is you, when you travel like that, you can never connect yourself at home. So literally I would be on the road, come home, drop laundry, repack a suitcase, and then be right back out again. So truly I felt like my home was more of a hotel. I could never connect myself into the community here in Southern Indiana because I didn't have time to give to, you know, different philanthropies. Like I, I, I want, always wanted to like volunteer and be a part of things that help change and shift the community. And I think for me, that was what I started to see. I started to see that I wasn't present for my husband. I couldn't really be connected into what we were doing at home. 
you know, we, we owned a, we own a business as well too. And so I couldn't be a part of that process. So it was this constant, it was this constant feeling of I'm missing out on everything in my life. And that's a very tough realization because many people see the travel as it's this glamorous experience and that it's, you know, oh my gosh, you're in LA today and then you're in New York tomorrow. But what they don't see is they don't see the hours in the airport that your flights are delayed. You're sitting, you, you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything. You basically are wasting hours of your life sitting in an airport waiting to move on to the next place. And it's that just became very apparent to me. And it was something that I know I needed to change. Yeah, I imagine the time that you were at home, I would I would guess you spend most of that time kind of decompressing from the travel. And I, I can see where that might take a toll on on personal relationships. And as you said, um, just not really feeling like you are part of the community and being able to connect in the community, which is something that I know is very important to you. It's it's a mental decompression, but it's very, I always, it's kind of like when you're on the road and you're doing these different things, whether I'm doing a big presentation or I'm meeting with a salon or I'm meeting with a distributor or whoever I was working with, I was always on. And when you're in those moments of being on, you're, if you were to think about it, you're, you're, you're playing your part. And what happens is, is as you, if you spend a week of your time constantly being on, when you come back home and you want to be back to your normal self again, that decompression is so important. And I know that that's something that my husband and I struggled with because he was like, I would think you would be excited to see me. And I'm like, I'm so excited to see you, but I need like a day to just like process everything that's went on so that I feel grounded in this space again. Sure. And I get, you know, you're kind of on two different paths. He's, seeing you come home and he's excited and right. and wants to, Hey, let's go get some dinner. Right. And you're kind of like, Oh, I just want to, I just want to rest. So I could see where, you know, it's that old saying of two ships passing in the night, which, you know, sometimes I feel like me and my wife are, are living that out as we're constantly running in different directions with our, you know, with my real estate career and her running the kids around all the time. And, uh, it's kind of, kind of this, not the same, but very similar. It's in, I just wanted to cook in my own kitchen. Like I just wanted to make spaghetti, (laughs) you know, and just be normal and go to the grocery store. And, you know, people, people don't see that part of it. They see the glamorous sides. They see all the parties I would do. They would see all the presentations I would be a part of or whatever. And that was all great. And I love those experiences. And I, and I hold those very dear because they've shaped me into who I am, but I also need to be a husband. I also need to be, a housekeeper. I need to clean our house and I need to go to the grocery store and do common things that people do every day because, you know, those things are what are what really set the foundations of a relationship. When you, when you travel, it's hard to have that normal time that sure. you do that. And I would guess when you were younger and single, I'm sure it was, it was a bit different. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I mean, you know, I mean, what, you know, 20 year old single guy wouldn't want to have full access to the United States and running around and being in new cities, going out to bars, having a good time. I mean, I I absolutely had my time of of fun. So, okay, let's, let's kind of get into your transition to your new career, which is 
as I mentioned in the opening, you are the director of marketing and development for TGET Property Services. They're a, a local general contractor. How in the world did that come about? <laughs> it was a really interesting interesting experience because and and I want to step back really quick before I talk about TGAP because I you know Kyle and I you know had multiple conversations about me you know transitioning out of my role at L'Oreal and and being home more and Glenn it's honestly one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life it's the scariest decision because what people don't understand is when you're a part of a corporation and you've worked super hard and you're at a certain level or you have a certain title that ego piece is the hardest part to let go of Sure. And so for me, it was really battling that piece. And then Kyle and I honestly planned and we just started, you know, we just started putting it into play and it happened a little bit sooner than I think we both expected. But for me, I just was at that point to where I needed, I needed to make that transition. And we, TGAP, uh, the owner, Tyler Lamb is a really close personal friend of Kyle and I. And so Tyler would reach out to me a lot every now and then and ask me questions about social media or marketing or, you know, things like that. And it just honestly, organically just kind of happened. He said to me, now that you're stepping away, can you help or do you want to be a part of? And once again, my philosophy of always saying yes, I was like, yes, let's do it. And, um, and I, th I think not to interrupt you, yeah. but I think it's important to point out that you made the decision to step down from your job with L'Oreal before you had another position lined up. And this is something that just kind of came about organically, right? For sure. And it was, you know, we had made the, we had made the decision and I was going to work through getting uh, my real estate license, which I'm still going to, but I think it's just a matter of this opportunity just kind of presented itself. And honestly, Glenn, for me, I love entrepreneurship. I love local business. And that's what created this excitement in my mind and in my heart about being a part of this. Even though I truly know nothing about construction other than, you know, the little things that we do around our house, I know how to market and I know how to create relationships and I know how to do things that can help them. Let them do the part that they do, which is understand the construction, understand how to do the bids. Let me do the part that I know how to do, which is tell the story. Sure. And I think that's something that's really important too, that, you know, if there are any business owners out there listening, you know, as a small business owner, I think we, we wear so many hats, you know, and it can be kind of hard to turn some of that over to someone else, but we, we have to kind of at some point realize, Hey, we're not a professional in everything. We're, you know, we're not professional marketers. We're not uh, professional salespeople. And I'm speaking just kind of in general. At some point, if you want to grow that business and take it to the next level, you have to turn some of that over to someone who knows what the heck they're doing. Right. And yep. and that's, you know, that was kind of your role in your previous position. So it's not, yes, it is a huge change for you, but it, you're kind of doing some of the things that you were you were already doing before just on kind of a, a more micro level, right? The skills translate into anything. So at the end of the day, what I've learned and when you work for a corporation, Glenn, sometimes you become tunnel visioned. So you only see your space. You don't ever look beyond that. And that's the coolest part about being in this is now I see what value I bring to not only this business, but also the community of Southern Indiana and I think that that's one of the things that I think has blown my mind the most is seeing my potential and seeing my value outside of the the beauty industry 
and knowing that people want me to be a part of what they're doing, no matter what that business is. Let me ask you a little bit about that. How, how have you been welcomed into this organization where, you know, it's totally different from, from dealing with influencers in the beauty industry to, to dealing with construction workers and, and laborers? How have you been welcomed? You know, it was the first week. It was this, you know, this really interesting relationship of the, the crew and the team didn't really, they knew me because they had worked on projects with Kyle and I with our investment business. So they had seen me around before. They knew who I was, but they weren't really sure why I was in the office all the time. And then as I started to spend more time with them, then I started to see this shift. And so now I've become a part of their family and they understand that my role is to be the face, is to get the business, is to go after and to get out there and really show Southern Indiana what TGAP is and what we do. And the other piece that I love too, and I want to go back to you were speaking about, you know, as the owner, him like letting go of some of that. Tyler is, uh, my favorite part about him is his vision behind what TGAP stands for, which is he wants to create a business that supports people in the local Southern Indiana area so that we create employment, so that we create opportunity for people to make as much money as they want to make. And he wants to, you know, do something really big with this company from an aspect of he wants to grow it. And then he wants to have something to turn over to his sons at some point someday. So it's really his whole point is to keep people employed, to keep money moving around, to keep local economy shifting and, and moving to really, you know, it being back to the roots of a family business and him transferring it to his, to his kids at some point someday. Sure. And that's, I mean, that's the American dream, right? Um, I talked in, in the last episode about how real estate to me is, is helping people achieve that American dream and in doing so achieving it myself. And it sounds like Tyler, that's something that's very important to him, having something to pass along to his kids. And I'm sure that makes it, you know, a little, a little extra special to you, knowing that you're playing a role in that as well. Well, and it's, you know, I mean, I, it, it is that, um, it is knowing that deep down I'm helping Tyler and that there's also another owner in the company too, Corey Pixley. You know, Corey is the specialist who does all of our bids. You know, he's kind of the face as far as the sales piece. And it's the same thing for him. It's, you know, watching him and Tyler interact and work together and to just see that always their heart and their mind is in the space of being an entrepreneur, making sure that they're doing the right things and moving in the right ways. And what I love too, Glenn, is coming in, they have allowed me to have full creative control over what I do. And that to me is the biggest piece of this is going to work because you allow me to do what I need to do. You allow your crews to do what they need to do. So it's like this constant, it's this constant growth because you're allowing people to do what they do well and not controlling it. And that's my favorite part about small business because corporations, it's not always that way. There's an umbrella you have to stay under. And I, and we completely understand that because there's a master vision with a small business. You can see that come to life a lot quicker and see it actually take action a lot quicker. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure that's probably felt very freeing to you as someone who is, you're an artist, basically, right. that's your background. So I know artists do not like to be censored. They don't like to be told, you know, what to do with their art. 
So I'm sure that has been very freeing to you. And you said you had a lot of fear before making this transition. And I understand that. I kind of I went through the same thing and had those same fears. But how did you ultimately overcome that fear and get over that barrier and finally make the move to make the change? I am one of those people that I don't live my life off of fear. I just kind of jump and go. Like it, and it's, and I know that that's probably not the full answer that you're looking for, but that's how, that's how I process it and how I see it on the inside. I've never been the type of person that fear has stopped me from doing something, especially when it comes to my creative professional life, because I've been through so many different situations, roles, moved, you know, around the country. I, I'm pretty agile. And so I feel like I just did it because I, I felt inside that that's what I needed to do. And what I love about my husband the most is he is the planner and I'm the one who's like, okay, here we go. Right. So I think having both of us together, it really helps me to have that will to just do what I need to do, but then him to be able to help us plan and make sure that we have money to survive on. You know, that's the other piece too that I love. And you know, you said, you said this is probably not the answer I was looking for, but honestly, sometimes it's just that simple. And with something like fear, sometimes it is. You just have to close your eyes and and jump, you know? And it's funny how once you do that once, it's easier the next time. And then the next time it gets a little bit easier. One of the things in all the presentation training that I had, especially with L'Oreal, is we always talked about the little voice, the little voice that's in the back of your head telling you you can't do something. And I think, Glenn, I think the other part of it, too, is from doing so many presentations and constantly pushing that little voice out of my head, I've learned to not be scared and I've learned to not pay attention to fear because fear keeps you on point. But it also it can also hinder you if you let it go too far. A lot of what fear does is it makes situations up in your mind. And you can't live in that space. You have to just push forward and make it happen. Sure. And, you know, there's a reason we have fear. I mean, it, it can sometimes be a, a healthy thing or a protective thing. You, you know, you... <laughs> If you're a little kid and you get burned by the by the oven, you're gonna have a little bit of fear of of yep. approaching that oven again, and in that sense, it can be, I guess, a healthy thing. But like you said, if you let it control your life, it's it's definitely not a healthy thing, and and you've got to find ways to to overcome that. And that's exactly why people, I think, don't do a lot of changing a lot of. They don't do a lot of different things, Glenn, because at the end of the day, I think that fear stops them in their track. And I think that what we need to do is let fear be there, let it be present from that aspect and let it keep us in check as far as mentally not letting us do something stupid. But at the same time, too, also taking that same fear and being like, what is real and what is not? And really looking at that on the inside of your mind and really trying to figure that out. And that'll help guide you in the direction of what you need to do. That's a good point because I think a lot of fear is just the unknown. Mm -hmm. It's not knowing. So there are other people out here listening to this and there's something in your life that you are wanting to do and you have that fear. Well, my recommendation would be to learn as much about it as possible. Now, don't paralyze yourself by learning too much, I guess, but familiarize yourself with with what you are going to do. And I think that will help to alleviate 
some of that fear. And don't go into it without a plan either. I know that sometimes when we make decisions or we make changes in our life, sometimes it feels abrupt because you're not on the inside of that change. But I know for, for Kyle and I, it's something that we had talked about and it's something we had planned for. And it's something, you know, with his financial responsibility and the, the level of just connection that he has with, with the ability to save and to really keep us safe, it helped me to feel a lot more comfortable to make that decision. So don't let fear paralyze you by not having a plan. You have to be prepared in some way to make sure that you're doing the right thing and you're moving in the right direction. Absolutely. I think that's great advice. Other than fear, what about criticism? When you made this move, did you experience any questioning or criticism from family members or friends or even, I guess, maybe even coworkers that you worked with at, at L'Oreal? Did you experience any of that? I think uh, family-wise, no, because I think my family had seen what all I had given up for so long. So they were 100% like, absolutely, yes, do this because we want you home and we want you present when you're here. Now on the L'Oreal side, absolutely. I've, and even still, you know, I've been gone from the company since October 4th. Um, I still get phone calls every week of, oh my gosh, I just found out like, what's going on? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. So I think it's, I think people are genuinely curious about it, but then, you know, they weren't necessarily people that knew a lot about me in my life outside of L'Oreal. So I think that those, especially like the people that I was closest to at, at my job at L'Oreal understood. And I know my key people understood and they were 100% respectful and 100% supportive of what I was doing. So not, not a lot of criticism, but I think a lot of questioning of more of, oh, I didn't even know that that was something you were interested in, you know? Sure. And, you know, I think it's times like that when you find out who your true friends are and who the people are who really know you. Right. And it's whether, you know, you find out whether they're going to be supportive of you, even mm -hmm. if they think you're doing the wrong thing. Yep. You know, they may they may verbalize that to you, but they're also supportive of you. And, you know, it was really interesting. All of my L'Oreal family, no one questioned me in a negative way. Everyone was like, wow, I had no idea. Like, good for you. Like, way to go. And I think it's I think that the other thing is it sparked a lot of a lot of conversation around Well, I had no idea that. You know, I mean, I knew your husband was a real estate agent and, you know, did a lot of things with real estate, but I had no idea that you were involved and I had no idea that you knew anything about construction. Of course, I don't know anything about <laughs> construction, truly, but at the end of the day, I know how to market and to develop business. So, yeah. You mentioned Kyle and, and his role in real estate, and I know he encouraged you to possibly get your real estate license and get into the business. And, you know, personally, I think you would be great at that. I know you're going to be great at whatever you do. And that's why when I found out you were, you were going to, to make the change that you did, I, I knew you would be successful no matter what you did. And I, I'm sure that the people who you worked with and knew at L'Oreal probably felt the same way. And that's probably why they were, you know, so positive about that. I've, you know, through most all of my business relationships at L'Oreal, the one thing that I've learned the most about working with all of them, Glenn, is at the end of the day, if my heart was always in the right space with something and they knew I was doing it for the right reason, they were 100% supportive and I never received pushback. It was only in those moments 
of when I was making a decision that maybe wasn't well thought through or didn't come from a good place that I would be challenged. And they were absolutely right in that space, you know, knowing that making sure that I'm making the right decision. And I think that they all knew with this that I was making the right decision. So back to Kyle, uh-huh. um, how is he with all of this now that you've been, what, how long has it been? Two months. Two months. So yep. you don't have a huge sample size, right. but right. how has home life changed? Is it, are you finding yourself reconnecting or is it, is it still a, a transition period where you're trying to figure things out and how this is going to, going to be going forward? Tell me a little bit about that. I think he would probably tell you that I need to pack a suitcase and go somewhere (laughs) because with me being home all the time now, of course, the house is a little bit messier because I'm creative, right? So I have that, you know, that that energy. Um, But I also think at the same time, too, I think it's helped us reconnect a lot from just a perspective of of me being able to help and be a part of everything in our home. I, I do know that the one fear is, of course, leaving a corporate salary is a humongous change into coming to work for a small business. And I know that that's been something that him and I have had to work through just from a budget standpoint, because we're trying to make sure we're not living outside of what we're doing. Because even though, you know, we saved money and and prepared ourselves, we still want to retire at a certain point. There's still many other things that we want to do in life. And so we have to be protective of our, of our finances And that's been the biggest adjustment for me, Glenn, because I like to spend money. I like to eat. I like to drink. I like to shop. I like to do stuff. And, you know, for me, taking that step back and being like, oh, you can't do that. It's really taken me a little bit of like internal feeling. And, you know, thankfully, Kyle is so good at that in the way that he pushes me and reminds me. It keeps me very much in check about, you know, making sure that we're, we're responsible for us. And that's tough. Once you get used to a certain lifestyle and a certain way of living, to try to take a step back, it's a little harder than to actually put that into reality than it is when you are thinking about it. And you, you, you know, you're saying, "Oh yeah, I can do that. I can cut out the stopping at the coffee shop every right. day." But when you actually go to put that into reality, it's a little bit different, isn't it? It is. It's it's hard because you know you just think of it as like oh, it's a cup of coffee. It's three bucks. It's not that big of a deal. But a cup of coffee every single day at three bucks adds up and it hurts in the long run. So in, in it's been, um, it's just been a real adjustment for me and just shifting my mindset. And thankfully, Kyle is patient with me in that respect. And he knew that there would be a period of time to where I needed to adjust. And we, we've started to figure out how we make all of that work and how we keep both of us happy in the respect of me respecting the finances and me still getting to spend a little bit of money here and there. So, yeah. Well, and that's good. You know, like you said earlier, you're, you're two different people. And I think, I think it's best when you have one person who's over here and one person who's way over here and it's kind of a a constant battle. And when I say battle, I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's, it's, I don't know what, what other word I could use for it, but you kind of, pull each other towards the center. And I think that's where the, the real magic in a relationship happens. And I think that some of your most successful and, and happiest couples are like that. Right. Um, and sometimes I think we have a tendency to surround ourselves with people who are just like us. And that's not always a good thing, I don't think. No, and I think with us, I think we we respect each other in the differences that we bring 
But I think in the other space too, I think we also, we've learned how to navigate each other from a respect of if I'm having a bad day, Kyle knows what I need. You know, I need space. I need to process through things on my own with him. He needs the connection of me. He needs to talk to me. He needs to understand. So I think it's in times like this, when you transition in your life, you really get to know each other because you have to communicate. If you don't communicate, that's when everything starts to fall apart because you're not connected with one another. And that's the one thing about Kyle and I, you know, we see things differently sometimes, but that's what makes our relationship the way that it is. But also too, it keeps us in check because he is so one side and I'm so other that it helps balance us out in the long run. Sure. And and communication is key across all parts of life, um, whether it's family or business, you know, in a real estate business, I tell all of my clients when they ask me about which lender to use to me, yeah, we need to get the, the deal closed. Ultimately that's the, that's the most important thing, but communication is so key when you are working in this industry and any other industry and in home life, if communication breaks down, everything else is to follow. And, and Glenn, I do want to <clears throat> step back and, and just talk about one thing really quick, especially when it comes to the money piece. I think what a lot of people don't realize is no amount of money in the world can ever fix your health or the things that you're going through on the inside. And because I was dealing with so much stress and I had and I was traveling constantly, I was not taking care of myself. I truly had come into this space of being very unhealthy and it was no one else's fault but my own because I, I didn't find good balances on the road to be able to balance that out. And I think that's one of the pieces of me giving up some of my income, but I'm gaining my health back. I'm gaining my balance and my stress levels being decreased. And that, to me, there's no amount of money in the world that can ever replace that particular piece. Absolutely. You cannot put a price on your health. You, you can't get that back. You can always make more money, but you cannot get your health back once you lose it. And the, the same with time. Like I, I, you know, I mentioned this already at the top of the show, our time is our most valuable and precious commodity. And that's something that you can never get back for sure. And so it's easy to get caught up in working and, and making a living. And yes, you have to do that. You have to keep a roof over the head. You have to feed yourself. You have to feed your kids. But, you know, if you have to sacrifice all of your time to do that, maybe it's time to step back and and, and question things and take a look and, and maybe make a change in your life. And that's what you did. Mm-hmm. That's what I've done. That's what my last guest did in her life. And that's what that's what these first few episodes here are about. Getting back to, to TGAP and your new role, tell me what is... What's your favorite part about this this new adventure that you have, whether it be something you do in the day-to-day of the business or whether it's just something that has just come about as a side benefit from this? I think of my one of my favorite moments was the first week because, I mean, in all honesty, Glenn, like I kind of do multiple things for them. It's not just marketing and business development, but I've also helped them on the HR side, like developing many different pieces and parts of things that they needed that they had been working on, but they just weren't sure how to like button up and put together. And my favorite thing ever is at the end of the first week, Tyler, the owner was like, oh my gosh, we've got so much done. And of course me being in my corporate mindset, I'm like, 
we haven't gotten anything done, <laughs> like truly at the end of the day. And so I think that that's my favorite part is being able to help them check things off the list, you know, and start to organize and start to put together that plan of action. The other thing that just still blows my mind is how much is here in Southern Indiana from a respect of, you know, the organizations that are, that are there to help your business. Like, one SI, like, you know, I'm a part of a networking group now. Um, it's the Kentucky and a preferred partners, those types of things. That's what I love the most is really getting out there and seeing what it's all about and making sure that on the business side, the stuff's getting checked off the list. Sure. And that's really important. The networking part of it. I mean, there are a million contractors out there that people could call. But the important thing is establishing relationships, establishing trust, people knowing that when they call you or when they call Tyler or Corey, they're going to pick up the phone. They're going to they're going to actually show up to give an estimate or to actually perform the work where, you know, you and I both know there are a lot of companies out there that Mm -hmm. you just don't know, you know, so it sounds like. A big part of your role is to establish those types of relationships. Exactly. And it's to tell the story of, of TGAP. You know, uh, TGAP, w- what it stands for is two guys in a pickup. That was its whole philosophy when it started. And, you know, when Tyler created the company, he saw an, uh, a piece of the business that wasn't being serviced. And that's where he took off with it. And that's where TGAP was born. And what I love is it's organically transitioned into, you know, it went from two guys in the pickup to now we have a crew of 15. We have eight trucks on the road. We do everything from maintenance to property preservation. We do remodeling. We do, you know, investment property flipping. In just seeing the magnitude of what it's turned into is incredible in that it started in 2011 to where it is today. And and being able to tell that story and share that story is one of the biggest pieces that I'm the most excited about because that's my favorite part of the business is telling the story and getting people connected into the brand. Sure. And I can see it on your face when you were talking about that, you kind of lit up. So that's, that's when you can tell someone really has a passion for something. And, you know, I wanted to just kind of going back to what you were just saying. One of the things that TGAP also does is, is, inspection repair Mm -hmm. um, for for the real estate industry and i've i've utilized them quite a bit and you know i think probably 10 out of 10 realtors would tell you that the inspection process is their absolute least favorite part of the job and and when you can rely on someone to show up and give an estimate and 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 you know that it's you can trust that it's a, a true estimate they're not trying to just bleed money out of you or, or, or recommend repairs that don't really need to be done. That's very valuable. And so I really appreciate them in that regard. I I like that too, Glenn, because, you know, I mean, I've heard that feedback from a lot of, a lot of real estate professionals is, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I work with TGAP because they are the business that shows up and they, they do their job, they're fully licensed, they're fully insured, so everything is taken care of. They pull all the right permits. It's those things that layman people like myself don't understand about construction, but it's a really important part of the process. And for a real estate, you know, an inspection repair, an inspection report can make a deal fall apart. And so for us, we take that inspection report and we take care of that so that the owner and the listing and selling agents never 
ever feel that pressure. Um, and that's, that's definitely my favorite part about the inspection piece of the business is we take care of it. There's nothing for anybody to worry about. Yes. And that, that is huge for, for me as a realtor, I can tell you that now we're going to kind of end this little commercial for T gap here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. So back to you. I want to, we, I want to ask you a few fun questions here. So give me a story or tell me something fun that has happened to you in your travels. I know you traveled to New York city a lot. You traveled to LA and all over the country. Do you have a funny or, or crazy story that you can tell about your time traveling? There was, I mean, in a traveling role, there's always funny experiences that happen. But I will, so I want to go back to my very first New York experience, right? So I'm from Boyle County, Kentucky. I'm from Mitchellsburg, Kentucky, which is seriously a town of maybe 100, 150 people. No joke. It's very rural. And so I remember when the company I worked with, Matrix, which is a part of L'Oreal Professional, I remember when they called and wanted me to come to New York and do my first ever photo shoot. I was like over the moon because I'd never, never been to New York. I had no idea what it was all about. It was just, it was probably one of the most incredible experiences to walk on that set and to see, you know, some of the most glamorous, you know, women that I was getting ready to work on model wise, see all of the, the photographer, his crew watching them, you know, all the marketing people doing stuff with the images. That was probably, I think the, the best experience for me in that's something that, I would never, I, can't, I I would never be able to forget because of that moment walking in and seeing that experience. So it's not really funny necessarily, but it's definitely a really, it was, it was a really cool Made experience. Made an impact on you. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So tell me something you've done a lot in your life. Mm-hmm. Tell me something you haven't done that, that you want to do or wish you could do or something that you've got on your bucket list or something that's maybe a goal for you in the next few years. So I, a little something that not a lot of people know about me specifically is I have this, I'm very into like, um, survival, like living. And for some reason, I just have this desire at some point in the next couple of years to start doing some backpack trips or camping trips. I know it's, 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 (laughs) I don't share it a lot, but that's something that I definitely want to do at some point, not from a like I want to spend time in nature, but I also to, I want to see if I can do it. I want to see if that's a part of who I am. And I've talked about it a little bit to a few friends and some friends are super supportive and other friends are like, why, why not? Why on earth would you ever do that? But I think it's the challenge of it. And it's the me spending time in nature, I think would be really fun. Yeah. And I, I that's cool. I, I've, I've had some interest in that. I've actually got a couple books I can share with you. Nice, on nice. <laughs> nice survival handbooks that it sounds like you're, you, uh, you may need them. John, is there anything as we kind of wrap this up, is there anything that, that we haven't touched on that you really feel strongly about getting out there to someone who may be listening? Um, whether it's, you know, advice about, making a career change or just life in general or something that you just really feel strongly about? I think just, you know, I think going back to the biggest point of always say yes. And then I think just understanding that dreams become goals, goals become realities. And that's a constant process throughout in your life. Sometimes Glenn, I think when people get to a certain point and they're very stagnant in who they are, in the in the spot that they are in life, I think that what happens is, is you lose the dreaming ability. 
you don't see it anymore. Keep focus on that. Write it down. Continue to write it down. Continue to focus on it. Continue to figure out your way of how you make that happen. But do it with a plan. And that's going to be, that was one of my biggest things that I wanted to leave people with. You have to have a plan and you have to be in the right space to be able to create change. Don't just do it. You've got to plan for it and be ready for it at the same time too. You know, I think that's excellent advice because here's something that I didn't even realize until I decided to make my career changes. I had stopped learning new things professionally anyway. I've always been a reader and enjoyed learning new things in, in that regard. But as far as my career, I had done the same thing for 18 years and just became stagnant. Mm-hmm. I wasn't challenging myself, wasn't learning new things. And I don't I don't think I even realized that until I made a complete career change into real estate. And, you know, with real estate, you <laughs> there's something new to learn every single day, whether you've been in the business for four years or 40 years. And that was so invigorating to me. And you know, just like this podcast, this is something that if you would have asked me five years ago, if I would be doing something like this, I'd tell you you're crazy. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Once you make that first jump and and conquer that first fear, it gets to be easier and easier every time. And so I think that's very important what you just said. I think it is. And I, and I think it's, you know, there's so many of us, Glenn, that get stagnant in our life. And I wasn't stagnant at L'Oreal. I was creating space for myself to be healthy, to be happy, and to be balanced and be home. And I think that whatever the the reason for change is, keep that up there and always make sure that that's something that you're thinking about because that helps you in your plan. That helps you put everything into perspective as the reason to why. Because I always start with everything in my life always starts with a why. And then it moves into all the different pieces and parts that go with it. Awesome. Well, John, we are going to wrap this up. I really appreciate you spending time with us today on putting the real in real estate. You've certainly been informative, entertaining, and inspiring. And that's our goal here. So I thank you so much. If people want to get in contact with you or TGAP Property Services, they can reach you at john.worley, and that's W-O-H-R-L-E, at tgappropertyservices.com. They can reach you on Instagram at J-E-D-W-A-R-5-4, or they can reach out to TGAP Property Services at TGAP Property Services on Instagram. You can find John on Facebook at John Edwards Worley, and you can find TGAP at tgappropertyservices.com, or you can call them at 502-430-2624. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Hope you have a great day. Thanks, Glenn. Okay, I'd like to thank John Edwards Worley once again for joining us today. And I would especially like to thank you for tuning in to episode two of Putting the Real in Real Estate. I hope we were able to inform, entertain, and inspire you today. As always, you can catch the podcast at puttingthereelinrealestate.com. You can also check it out on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Podchaser. We are coming soon to Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Having a few technical difficulties with Apple. Hopefully we will get that worked out very shortly. But make sure you subscribe. And also, if you have any questions or comments, show feedback or recommendations for future guests or topics, please send them to me at glennhockersmith at schulerbauer.com or 
Like me on Facebook. You can always send me a message there or comment at Glenn Hockersmith Realtor. And I'm on Instagram at Glenn Hockersmith underscore Schuler Bauer. And as always, that's Glenn with two N's. You can check out my listings at glennsoin.com or glennsellslouisville.com. And by all means, if you or anyone you know is looking to buy or sell a home, I would love to hear from you and I would love to serve you. Thanks for listening again. Tune in for episode three. And I hope you have a great day.